It's finally time. The NFL Draft is upon us. You're listening to the Gridiron Authority Podcast. My name is Keith Thornton. With me, as always, my co-host, Mike Adams. Mike, what are we covering this episode? Uh, yeah, today we, we're going to be covering uh, free agency signings, trades, uh, winners and losers of the free agency period, uh, and the market for some of the players still available out there. Perfect. Let's dive right in. All right, the NFL draft is Thursday, and we are giving you a recap of the free agency. In the last episode, we kind of went over how we uh, predicted it would go, things like Tom Brady. I don't think anyone really saw what happened, so I think that's the obvious spot of where we want to start. Um, Tom Brady officially leaving the New England Patriots, signing with the Bucks, $50 million for two years. What are your thoughts about this? Uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't the landing spot I thought he would end up at. Obviously everyone's talking about the chargers or the Colts or even the Raiders. Um, I think it's a good signing for both of them though. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he makes Tampa Bay better in the simple fact of he's not going to turn the ball over as much as, as Jameis Winston did. I mean, you're probably talking about a plus 20 turnover uh, ratio just by adding Tom Brady and getting rid of Jameis Winston at this point. Uh, so I think right there, he automatically makes uh the uh, Buccaneers better than from a leadership standpoint and experience standpoint, um, a maturity standpoint, he's going to make them better. He's going to lead them. He's going to show them how to win, how to do it right. Uh, you say what you want about Tom Brady, but I mean, the guy wins and, and uh, you know, he's a great leader. So uh, from that perspective, he automatically makes them better. And honestly, I mean, two years at 25 million or at 25 million a year uh, isn't a bad deal for the Buccaneers either. Um, that gives them time if they don't have a quarterback in this draft that they like. Uh, that gives them time to potentially wait till next year, draft a guy next year, and then that guy, if Tom Brady comes back next year, can sit behind Brady for a year and learn from potentially the greatest quarterback of all time. So I think it's a win-win for both sides, honestly. Yeah, and I see it as a win-win for other reasons too. One thing, that they're going to sell more season tickets than they've sold possibly ever. I think they've already sold out a bunch. Um, the jersey sales, Tom Brady, only this year fell to second place behind Pat Mahomes for, for merchandise sales. So it's obviously going to help the Bucks in that sense too. And it's a win-win for the Bucks because if he comes in and doesn't perform, nobody's going to blame them for going after Tom Brady. So even if he comes in and struggles and they don't win, nobody's going to fault them for taking Tom Brady over Jameis Winston. So uh, it's in, in contrast to some things like signing a Nick Foles where – it's questionable at best for the Bears. It may work out. It may not. This is either it's going to work out and it's going to be great or they're not going to take any blame because you're getting arguably the best quarterback ever to play the game. So uh, it's kind of a uh, Joe Montana signing, uh, getting a guy that's done. He's still got some good years left in him, I think, um, and we'll just see what happens. And obviously for Tom Brady, a, f a fresh uh, environment, fresh scene, he's going to uh, get to play with Bruce Arians, which I know is uh, something that he expressly wanted to play with. So it did kind of catch me off guard that it was the Bucks, but it makes sense at, now that you're looking at it. Absolutely. I mean, it's again, I think it's a win-win for both sides, and it's a, it's a win for the for you know just the city of Tampa Bay. I mean, the the uh, impact having someone like Tom Brady is going to have on uh, on that area is going to be huge. So I think just from from a team, a player, and the city, I mean, it's it's a huge win. Uh, and from really NFL, because now you finally get to answer, can Tom Brady win without Belichick? Can Belichick win without Tom Brady? 
Uh, and I think it's going to create a lot of cool storylines. All right, so let's stay with the quarterback switching teams and look at Phillip Rivers leaving the Chargers and going to the Colts on a one-year, $25 million deal. What do you think of that one? Uh, again, I think it's a good, I think it's a good trade or a good uh, signing by, by both sides. I mean, Phillip Rivers is going to go to a team that's got a lot of talent. They've got um, a solid offense, great running game. Uh, the offensive line they've really built up over the years. So I think the offensive line will be good for him. Uh, they have a, a solid defense, uh, actually an, an exceptional defense. And they added DeForest Buckner in a trade with the 49ers. Um, and so I, I, so to me, for Philip Rivers, this is a great place to go. Uh, and same thing with the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, or it's not the Buccaneers, sorry, the Colts. Uh, this is a great signing for them because, again, they could draft uh, a Jordan Love in the first round or they could wait and get uh, a Jacob Eason in potentially the second round uh, and let the guy sit behind Philip Rivers for a year and learn from, again, I mean, Philip Rivers, say what you want about him. The guy is going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's probably going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, he makes a lot of mistakes, but... He also, I mean, he's also made a lot of great plays, won a lot of games in his career. So, um, again, I think this is really, to me, this is a win-win. Um, he's going to be an upgrade from Jacoby Brissett. Um, and from that, again, from that leadership standpoint and then just from a playmaking standpoint. So uh, I think this is a win-win for both teams again. See, and this is me, and it's a little bit of a, a Chiefs-Chargers rivalry hatred, but I'm going to say I don't like the signing at all. I don't think if you looked at the way Philip Rivers has played the last couple of years – his arm isn't as it used to be. He threw some some god-awful picks over the last couple of years, lost the team some games. And when you look at his leadership, you look at a Tom Brady who does nothing but win in the playoffs, and then you look at Phillip Rivers who just doesn't win in the playoffs. He's got maybe a couple over the last decade. So I, I don't know for the same exact cost as Tom Brady, by the way, $25 million one year. I just don't know that it's going to make them that much better than Jacoby Brissett. I think it's – it's a flashy signing, but I don't know that it's really going to put them up over the top because the Chargers, obviously, we talked about in the preseason and all these years in the past that they always get hyped up because they have just a load of talent. And granted, there's always injuries and everything, but with that talent, Phillip Rivers could never win in the playoffs. I don't see the Colts as being as talented as the Chargers right now, so um, I don't know that this makes a lot of sense to me, but good luck to them, I guess. I mean, it's it it is one of those those things. I mean, he definitely did make a lot of bad throws this year, but then you look at 2018, where I mean, he threw 32 touchdowns to just 12 interceptions, uh, had a 105 quarterback rating. So um, I think this this past season, I felt like he was just trying to do too much. Honestly, uh, they didn't have a consistent running game there. The offensive line didn't really play well, uh, and the defense put him in some bad situations. So um, I do I do think he at times tries to do a little too much, uh, which leads to some bad decision-making and some bad turnovers. Um, but again, with that defense, uh, I don't think, I mean, I don't think they're going to have to be scoring 30 points a game to win. I think with that defense, if they can score 20 to 25 a game, they're going to be fine. Uh, and he does have a Marlon Mack to hand off to, plus a couple other good running backs behind Mack uh, and an offensive line that'll keep him, you know, keep him on his feet. So, um, to me, I think it's a good signing, but I don't think it's going to have the impact that Tom Brady going to the Bucks has, but um, it's still going to have a big impact, I think, especially in that the AFC South, which is kind of an up-for-grab division, honestly. Absolutely. So let's talk about another quarterback switching. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater finally gets a start, and he's going to the Panthers as a starter, 63 million, three years. Um, I think the most shocking thing to me is, do you think that – 
a healthy Teddy Bridgewater is better than a healthy Cam Newton? No, absolutely not. Um, and I don't think really anyone does, but I think what it what this is is more of a a situational um signing. I think the Panthers realized they needed to move on from Cam Newton. Um and Teddy Bridgewater was the right guy. I think, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's gonna come in, he's gonna do his job. Uh he's not gonna make a lot of flashy plays. He's kind of, you know, honestly, he's kind of a poor man's Alex Smith. Um, I mean, he's a game manager. Um but I mean, I, th- I think at this moment, that's what they need. Uh, they need someone that can hand off to Christian McCaffrey, throw it to Christian McCaffrey, uh, and then just make some plays down the field here and there and, and let that defense kind of play its game. Um, so I, I think from a situational standpoint, this is a, a good signing for both sides because I think it was time for the Panthers to move on from, from Cam Newton. But if you take a 100% healthy Cam Newton and a 100% healthy Teddy Bridgewater, there's there's no debate. Cam Newton is is head and shoulders above Teddy Bridgewater talent wise, and that's what kind of blows me away about this trade is because it's not like you're getting a guy who's been an Iron Man out there injury free his whole career. You're getting a guy who's been seriously injured as well. So it's not like you're getting better on the injury front. And to me, I feel like honestly, I feel like this is a downgrade for them. Um, it, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think it would have made a lot more sense had a team that really needed a quarterback. Uh, went after him, but they kind of let their or cut their quarterback and had a bunch of dead money for Cam Newton. And then they picked up Teddy Bridgewater, which I think is a downgrade in talent. And they still have the same question marks. We don't even know if Teddy Bridgewater can go a full season. He hasn't done it in years. Um, really, he's only done it for a couple or maybe two years in his entire career Been healthy the whole time before he blew his knee out. So um, it, it's kind of a weird signing to me. I, I think if he stays healthy, obviously, I think it'll be good. But I just I feel like if you're going to cut your injury-prone guy and sign a guy, you need to sign a guy who's proven that he can play a full season lately. Yeah, and and, and again, I, I think from a talent standpoint, again, there's no question that this is a downgrade talent-wise. I think this is just more of a, uh, you know, Cam Newton drew a lot of scrutiny and media attention off the field. Uh, he he drew a lot of scrutiny and, and uh, attention on the field as well, obviously. I think it's more just, again, I think this is a signing that's, Let's get a guy that's going to go out there. He's he's probably going to throw for thirty five hundred yards and twenty touchdowns, and maybe throw ten interceptions. Um, he's not going to turn the ball over a lot. He's not necessarily going to win the game for us, but he won't lose the game for us. He'll keep us competitive. Uh, um, I think that's what this signing is, and I think this is a uh, you know to kind of quote Steve Smith, the, the old Panthers receiver. He talked about uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and he said this is basically a right now signing. This isn't a future signing. This isn't a getting our quarterback for the next 10 years. This is getting a quarterback for the next two to three years, potentially um, to, to kind of bridge a gap um, in a, in a soft rebuild, honestly, losing Keekley and, and uh, losing Cam Newton and losing uh, uh, Gerald McCoy and, and some other guys on that defense. I think this is kind of a soft rebuild, but I think Teddy Bridgewater eases that by just coming in and, and uh, really just playing mistake-free football, I think, is what they're looking for. I don't think they're looking for anyone to throw for 35 touchdowns, but they also don't want someone that's going to turn the ball over a bunch. Uh, and I think that's what Teddy Bridgewater brings. Yeah, and to back that up, they did offer Christian McCaffrey a massive contract that made him the, the number one paid running back in the league. So he's going to get his carries. And and obviously, like you said, this team is going to run through Christian McCaffrey. Um in the passing game and the run game, he's going to be the workhorse. So as long as he can stay healthy, this offense can be pretty good. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like I said, I think this is a poor man's Alex Smith kind of signing. Um, they're not looking for anything big from him. They just want they just want steady play is all they want. Yep, exactly. So let's take a look at a couple other quarterbacks who are actually staying put. Let's look at Drew Brees. Uh, re-signed two-year, $50 million contract. Uh, seems to be the going rate for veterans these days, about $25 million a year. So uh, do you think this team's got enough to win a Super Bowl in the next two years? Because I think that's pretty much the window for Drew Brees. He's going to be done after two, for sure. I mean, he's done after two, after this contract's up, if not before, honestly. Um, I, I mean, talent, you know, from the offensive side, they they definitely have the talent. I don't think there's any question about that. Um they have great receivers. They got great running backs. Uh, offensive line is is good enough. Um, obviously, Drew Brees, as long as he stays healthy, um, quarterback play won't be an issue. They've got Taysom Hill, who's kind of their gadget player. Um, the defense uh, is is a little spotty, but I think they're gonna I think they're gonna get some people through uh, through the draft that's gonna help out. And and there's still some good available free agents out there that they may bring in. Uh, so I think talent wise, they definitely they definitely have have what they need. It's just a matter of performing in the postseason, honestly. For sure. Another quarterback staying put, Ryan Tannehill, re-signed $118 million for four years. We talked about how they had to balance Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry with a franchise tag. They chose to sign the QB for long-term and franchise tag Derrick Henry. Uh, what do you make of that? Uh, I, I like the re-signing of this. Um, Again, this is kind of that Teddy Bridgewater, Alex Smith situation where uh, Tannehill's not really going to win the game for you, but he's not going to lose it. Um, I hate the contract that they signed him to. Uh, the four-year, $118 million, I think, is is way too much money. Um, I think a two-year, $40 million contract or a two-year, $50 million contract or even a three-year, um, I'd have been okay with. But four years at $118 million, uh, I mean, you're talking, well, I think just shy of 30 million a, a season. That's a little pricey, um, for a guy that's had injury issues and consistency issues. So, um, I like that they brought him back, but I, I hate the contract that he's back on. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and, and honestly, I talked about this in the last episode too. Um, I think it's just a reflection of, of how the league's going. You look at what happened with Todd Gurley. Uh, they're not wanting to sign a running back that, pounds the rock as much as Derrick Henry to a big long-term contract. Uh, I think they'd like to see him sign, but they don't want to sign him for what he's going to want because honestly, in the last several running back contracts, none of them have panned out. Um, So I like the fact that they committed to the quarterback. Like you said, the contract's a little weird and steep, but uh, I'll be curious to see what happens with Derrick Henry, Um, especially because they let Jack Conklin go in free agency. So their offensive line got a little bit worse. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where the Titans go this year. Yeah, I mean, it, and and again, I th- I think with those running back contracts, it's a lot of them. You're seeing like the big bruising backs, like a Gurley and a and a Derrick Henry. Um, those are the guys that are going to have trouble, or a Melvin Gordon. Those are the guys that are going to have trouble getting the contracts because they just wear down quicker. I think a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who doesn't take a ton of big hits, um, you know, a guy like that, or or. Uh, you know, even Zeke, you know, Zeke Elliott doesn't take a, a lot of huge hits. I mean, he'll run out of bounds um, a lot of times if he needs to. You know, if he if uh, it's a big situation and he needs the extra yard, he'll take the hit. But, you know, a lot of times it's the defense gives him six yards. He takes the six yards, whereas Derrick Henry tries to get that extra two yards. But that also takes a toll on you. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good to me. I, I think 
not signing Derrick Henry to a big contract would be good for the, the Titans in the long run, honestly. I'm with you on that one. Okay, so here's what I want to do. I want to start talking about a couple teams, and we'll just kind of hit on how their offseason's going and what you think their offseason. Let's start with your Cowboys. They franchise tag Dak Prescott. Uh, they lost a lot of players. How do you feel about their offseason so far? Uh, I, I'm actually pretty happy with it, honestly. Um, I mean, they've, they, yeah, like you said, they franchised Dak Prescott. They got uh, Amari Cooper back on a, you know, on a, I think a five year deal. Yeah, five year, 100 million, um, which got a little scrutiny um, from the likes of Rex Ryan and whatnot. But I, again, I think that's a good, I think it's probably a little too turd. much. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a little too much money myself. I think that 80 to 90 million range would have been perfect, but I'm glad that they brought him back. Um, probably paid a little too much, but again, I'm glad that he's back. Um, they they kind of solved the, you know, or not solved, but they helped the safety situation, which has been a weakness uh, by signing HaHa Clinton Dix. They got rid of Jeff Heath. Um, uh, and then they signed Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe uh, at defensive line as they're potentially transitioning. They haven't officially said they're transitioning to a 3-4 defense, but that is what Mike Nolan is known for. Um, and, and so, I mean, they're they're adding depth regardless. And then they had the Alden Smith signing, which no one really knows how that's going to, you know, what that's going to entail, honestly. Um, if he comes into – apparently he's in great shape right now. They said he looks like a monster. Uh so if he comes in and, and can contribute anything, honestly, I th- you know, that'll be a win. Um, they did lose Jason Witten at tight end, which is unfortunate. I would have liked to have seen him retire a Cowboy for a second time. Um, but they did bring in Blake Bell, which you know from Kansas City. He's a, he's going to be a solid backup tight end um, and add some quality depth there. So I think the Cowboys uh, overall are having a, a solid uh, solid offseason so far. They lost Byron Jones, which we knew that was going to happen, but – uh, they're looking at some cornerbacks in the first and second round. Uh, there's reports going around that they're looking at Dre Kirkpatrick from the Bengals, um, bringing him in as a free agent, uh, which could add, you know, which could, um, you know, help solve that issue a little bit there. Um, at least put a bandaid over it a little bit. So, um, again, I like what they're doing at, at the, for the time being. So let's flip over to my team here. Kansas City Chiefs, they're returning 20 of 22 starters. I am insanely happy with what they did, um, bringing back Bashad Breeland, bringing back Mike Pinnell, um, re-signing Sammy Watkins to a deal. It's pretty much like they're bringing back the entire team from last year. What are you thinking of the Chiefs? Um, I, I like it, and and uh, I, I do like it overall. Um, part of me is, is a, a little questionable on some things. Um, I like that they, like you said, they reworked Sammy Watkins' deal to save some money. Uh, they got Chris Jones brought back. They got Bashad Breeland brought back on a uh, on a on a not too bad contract. Honestly, uh, my thing. I mean, I don't get excited about the bringing back twenty of twenty two starters thing, honestly, um, because there's always to me you're just basically saying let's run it back um, and saying we don't have any weaknesses, and they clearly have weaknesses. There is there is some weakness there. Um, they do need interior line help. Um, the defense, the linebackers are still spotty at best. Um, the secondary is is somewhat spotty. It, it did play well at times, but it is still pretty spotty, honestly. Uh, the defensive line is good. Um, and so to me, it's I, I do like that they brought some of these guys back. Uh, they are some quality. Uh, I mean, obviously, they won a Super Bowl, so you can't argue too much. But um, to me, it also, it, it also gives me some hesitation because to me, it it kind of comes off as them saying we don't have any weaknesses. So, so why change anything? And they clearly do have some weaknesses um, that I'd like to see them hope 
for us in free agency. Obviously, we know the cap situation's not pretty for the Chiefs. I think they were down to like $107 or whatever it was, or $170 at some point. Um, but I'd like to see him address some of these, you know, particularly linebacker and interior line, uh, and even running back um, in the draft. So uh, we'll see how that goes, though. I'll tell you another reason that I, I really like it is consistency is key. That's what they say. Coaching staff sticks together. Eric Bieniemy's back. They got the whole offense back. Pretty much whole defense. This is only the this will be the second year under Steve Spagnuolo. So uh, I knew that the defense is going to have some issues last year, and they started out rough, but they, you know, they started out historically bad against the run game, but then ended really well. I feel like getting all these guys back under the same coach with the same coordinators. Uh, is really going to strengthen the team. And then obviously, like you said, add some pieces in free agency and uh, well, they didn't really add much in free agency. They couldn't, but adding pieces in the draft and this team can only get better from where they were last year uh, just with the experience. Yeah. And absolutely. I don't, I don't want that to come off as a, a knock on the chiefs. I, my, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my thing is I hope they don't, I hope they're not content with what they have. Cause again, they're not, the, the defense and the interior line isn't good enough to be content, honestly. Um, and so I hope that they're willing to to take some chances in the draft and bring in some people to to challenge their linebackers and to challenge their their interior line or challenge their secondary uh, for some of those, you know, for some of that playing time. So that's my big thing is I, I don't want them to get content, uh, which I don't think they will, but we'll see how the draft goes here in a few days. Absolutely. So let's take a look at another team that we've been keeping our eye on all season because they started tanking. They ended up reeling off five wins. That's the Miami Dolphins. Um, they added 10 unrestricted free agents, including the likes of Eric Flowers at tackle, Jordan Howard at running back, Byron Jones, Shaq Lawson, Emmanuel Ogba, Kyle Van Noy. They added a ton of talent in the free agency. They still have a ton of cap room, and they have three first-round picks on Thursday. So uh, how are you liking where they're sitting? I mean, we, we talked about this uh even before the season started last year, we talked about it was going to be a really rough year for the, for the dolphins, which for the most part it was, they showed some, some signs at the end of having a little fight in them um, toward the end of the season. But we, we, we talked about it was going to be a rough season, but we also talked about that they could potentially be one of those teams that go from worst to first, you know, not necessarily first, but worst to playoffs um, within a one or two year period. And and that's really what they're setting up. I mean, they're getting some great players on on defense. They're adding a little help on offense there. Like you said, they have three first-round picks. They're in position to get a franchise quarterback. To me, honestly, a franchise quarterback, a franchise-level offensive lineman, and a franchise-level running back in the first round. Um, and even if they don't get one of those positions, they're going to add uh, they're going to add someone great at one at a position of weakness. So, um, having three first-round picks, they're they're going to come out a better team plus they i think they have i think 12 picks overall or 14 picks overall something like that yep. um so they're going to be adding a ton of depth a ton of skill in this draft uh and they've already added quite a bit in free agency the the uh the uh patriots don't have tom brady anymore so regardless of what anyone says they're not going to be as good a team um the bills you know they've they had a good season this last year but we're not quite sure on the consistency of the team they did add stefan diggs um, so you think that they would be an even better team, um, but we don't know yet. So there's no consistency in that division now that Tom Brady's gone. It is a wide open division, uh, and we'll we'll see how it goes. Really, because I mean, again, I think the Dolphins could go from a, a five win team to a ten win team with no with no real issues, honestly. 
here's what I want to see. And and I, I saw some reports today coming out that they're talking about trading up in the draft. I want them to keep all three first-round draft picks. I don't want them to trade up. They don't need to trade up. Uh, if they want to get their quarterback at five, there's going to be one sitting there. Um, I don't think they need to move at all. And I think they need to keep the draft capital. Get those. It, it's so rare to have three first-round picks coming out of a draft that they need to do it. Get that talent up. Even if it doesn't pay dividends immediately this year, um, building for the future, that's huge. And I just don't want to see them blow it by trading, you know, three three first-round draft picks for the first overall or two first-round draft picks to move up a couple spots. Uh, just stay where you're at, get three quality players, and build your team. Absolutely. And again, I mean, to me, it's it's not going to, I mean, it's not going to happen with how the draft is set up and who's ahead of them. There are not all three of those quarterbacks or all four of the quarterbacks. If you want to throw Jordan Love in there, um, they're not going to be gone in the first four picks. So the, the Dolphins have an opportunity to get their franchise quarterback. And even if they don't get uh, Tonga Viola or Justin Herbert at five, um, even if they have to take Jordan Love later, you know, in that mid uh, number 18, or if they um, have to take Love at, at 25, I think is their next pick after that. Um, or, you know, to me, honestly, even if they have to wait till the second round and get some, someone like a Jacob Eason, um, that, I mean, Jacob Eason is, is, I mean, most years he'd be a first round quarterback. Um, this year he's got four great ones ahead of him. Um, but Jacob Eason is a hell of a quarterback. So even if they had to do that, it wouldn't be the ideal situation I know, but that means that they're filling three positions of need ahead of him. Um, which is only going to put him in a better situation. So again, like you, I mean, the only way I'd be okay with them trading up is if they traded some of their mid to late round picks um, to gain another third round pick or to gain, to move up in the second round, Um, something like that I would be okay with, but moving up, trading a bunch just to move up a spot or two, I I think is a, is a bad move. I got a question for you. And if this comes true, this is a hypothetical. I'm going to lay down here. If it comes true, remember where you heard it. Um, how much sense would it make? The reports are that the Raiders really want Tua. Um, how much sense would it make to try to trade the fifth for maybe Derek Carr in a first? They still have three first-round picks, and they add Derek Carr. Uh, do you think that would be something that would be worth doing for them? Um, for yeah. whatever reason, the Raiders don't want Derek Carr. They've expressed interest in wanting Tua. Where the Dolphins are sitting is exactly where a team's going to have to get to get Tua if they really want to trade up and get him. Um, so at that point, either the Raiders can give two firsts to get up there to their, the number five, or they can give a quarterback and a first, and then the Dolphins could have Derek Carr and three first-round picks. I mean, on uh, Derek Carr would be the one. I mean, I, I if I was the Dolphins, I'd take Derek Carr, but I would try and get both those first-round picks that the Raiders, because I think the Raiders have two of them, right? They, yes, they do, yep. Yeah, so I would try and get both of those first round picks, honestly, because again, like you could still have, you could still potentially get Justin Herbert, you could still potentially get Jordan Love or Jacob Eason, and now all of a sudden you have five first round picks. And, and to think about, no team has ever had five first round picks. There's been one team that had four, um, the Jets, I believe, in 2000 or somewhere around there. I think it was 2000. Um, so you could have five first round picks. Think about the damage you could do right there and the gaps you could fill. I mean, you're talking about you could get your franchise quarterback, a franchise receiver, a franchise offensive lineman, a franchise running back, and you could add someone on defense, uh, um, you know, whether it be defensive line, linebacker, or secondary. There's, I mean, this this is a loaded draft in my opinion. Um, so I would try and get the two first-round picks, but if not, 
Derek Carr is a good NFL quarterback. He is an above average NFL quarterback. Uh, when he's when he's on, I think he's a top 10 quarterback or at least borderline top 10. Uh, don't forget, I mean, just a few years ago, he was an MVP candidate um, when the Raiders made the uh, made the playoffs. So uh, Derek Carr can play in the league. He's proven he can play in the league. And, and if that was one of the pieces, I'd be happy as a Dolphins fan or as a Dolphins manager to get that. But I would definitely try for the for two first round picks. So if that happens, here's what would happen. The Dolphins would go from having the 5, the 18, and the 26 to having Derek Carr, the 18, the 19, and the 26, which is a pretty good haul. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I, again, I would be, I'd be okay with that um, if, if I'm a Dolphins fan or if I'm in Dolphins management. Um, again, I, I'd still be okay with that. Um, I, there's a lot the Dolphins can do. There, I, I think regardless of whatever happens in the draft, they're going to come out for the better, um, regardless of whatever happens in this draft. So to me, uh, they're in a great situation. All their draft picks to move up. I think that'll be a huge mistake if they do that. I mean, it'll still, still get better, but you need to if you trade basically two firsts to move up further in the first, or two firsts and a second to move up further in the first. I feel like you're throwing away valuable draft capital for them. Yeah, and and again, it's it's one of those like maybe if they traded uh, like a second round pick and like a fourth round pick to move up uh, to uh, to like the the late first round, I'd be okay with something like that. Um, or if they traded some stuff to move up uh, to gain another like early round or mid second round draft pick, I'd be uh, I'd be okay with that. But trading again, you know, you're probably going to have to give up to go from say fifth to first with the Bengals. The Bengals are probably going to want two draft pick, two first round draft picks, plus probably, you know, honestly a third round or maybe a fourth round. And to me, that's just not worth it. Um, so and yeah, I definitely want to do that, but. Uh, I mean, again, I, I still think regardless, they're going to come out as a better team after the draft is over, just out of just sheer number of picks that they have. Yeah. So let's go to a couple teams who aren't really doing so well. And let's start with the Houston Texans. Uh, they traded away. <laughs> I, just, I almost can't even say this without laughing. Trade away DeAndre Hopkins for a washed up running back and a couple picks. Uh, it's absolutely a dumb trade. What do you think is going through? Uh, that that team, I don't even know, like the last year and a half, I guess, has been nothing but bad moves by them. What do you think of the Texans? Yeah, I, I, Your speech is just like me. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, I'll say, I'll, I'll say this, the, the thing that doesn't make sense with it is just really the whole situation, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, Bill O'Brien tried to defend the the DeAndre Hopkins trade by by saying, well, he asked for more money and that's why we had to trade him. But the thing is, it's he's got three years left on his deal. Like he can ask for more money, and honestly, he deserves the money. Let's be realistic. He's he's one of, if not the best receiver in football. Um, and so I mean he's got but he's got three years left on his contract. So even if you're not going to give him the money, he's got two options. He can either play or he can sit. And he can't sit for, I mean, he could, I guess, potentially sit for three years, but who's going to want a guy that sat for three years without playing? Uh, Who's going to give him a huge contract? Not only would he lose out on the money on his Texans contract, he'd lose out on money. Actually, when he finally was able to be free and sign with the team, he he wouldn't get nearly as much money because he hadn't played for three years and he's three years older. So again, it's, they're basically trying to say DeAndre Hopkins forced the trade. In reality, he didn't. 
um, he basically gave you a reason to get rid of him and you thought you had a justifiable, you know, excuse for it. Uh, the other thing is they just didn't get anything out of him. Uh, I like David Johnson. I mean, when he, when he was healthy a few years ago, he was a great running back, but he only had one great year and he can't stay healthy. Uh, and, and so that's, to me, it's, I mean, it's just a, it's a bad trade or you gave up one of the best running or receivers in football for maybe a top 20 running back. Uh, and he didn't, I mean, the draft capital you gained, isn't really anything. I mean, you got a second round pick, which is nice, but, uh, you also gave up a fourth round pick. So it, it doesn't really offset. I, I think the Cardinals, it's an a plus trade and the, the, uh, Texans, it's an F. Yeah, so let's recap Bill O'Brien's genius moves over the last couple of years. You've got Javion Clowney getting sent away for literal peanuts, nothing. Um, you've got trading the entire farm of draft picks for Laramie Tunsil from the Dolphins, which didn't really pay dividends either. And now you've got you got your best player traded away, and you've got a running back who can't stay healthy, and you don't have a first-round pick. This is rough. It's hard to watch. Yeah, and 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 I mean, you can you can kind of make some, uh, you know, make some excuses in the sense of well, they turned around and they got Brandon Cooks and they got uh, another fourth round pick, but again, they gave up a second round pick to get Brandon Cooks, and Brandon Cooks has injury issues, and Brandon Cooks is pretty inconsistent. He's a great deep threat, um, but he's not. I mean, he's not even in the the category of of DeAndre Hopkins. I think. Uh, Brandon Cooks is a is a great number two receiver, um, but if if you want to be your number one receiver, I think he's toward the bottom in the NFL in terms of number one receivers. He's toward the top in in terms of number two receivers, same as Will Fuller. Um, but neither one of those guys have proven to be number one receivers, and they both have serious injury issues. So, um, and now really all you've got, and you've got an injury prone running back, an injury prone uh, wide receiver, and two fourth round picks, and you gave up a second round pick and uh, DeAndre Hopkins and another fourth round pick. So, I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. He's kind of got the Josh McDaniels GM coach uh, approach. Just get rid of all your players. All right. So let's go to another team that is kind of struggling in free agency and part of it's due to bad contracts. And that's the LA Rams. Um, you look at who they got rid of. They had to cut Todd Gurley after his massive contract. Uh, they lost Dante Fowler to the Falcons. They lost, um, Clay Matthews, they lost Brandon Cooks to a trade. What do you think the Rams are doing? I mean, if you remember a couple years ago, everyone was trying to model their basically team and their front office after what the Rams were doing. Well, now the Rams are just a joke right now. And they don't have I mean, a first-round draft pick. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is something we talked about uh, before the season started, and uh, it, it's something that it was nice that the Rams – signed all those big contracts. They made all those flashy trades. They got all these great players and they, they set themselves up for immediate success. But it was also something you, I mean, anyone could look at it and tell that eventually they're not going to have enough money to keep this team. And they're not going to have any draft picks to replace these guys. And they're not like, it was going to crumble. It was, I mean, it was almost kind of, of a pyramid scheme kind of um, eventually, I mean, you, you take one, you take one thing out and it was just going to crumble the entire system. And, and that's what we're seeing now. With that being said, the Rams, I mean, they still have some good talent on the team, honestly. Um, they, I mean, they've still got a, 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 an above-average defense, I believe. The offense, depending on how Jared Goff comes out and actually plays and depending on what they do at the running back position, um, I mean, I think they still could put up 
you know, put up some points. McVeigh's going to put those guys in a position to succeed. Um, but they're definitely, definitely talent wise, a worse team than what they were um, at the end of the season, honestly. Uh, and, but again, it's not surprising because you could see this from a mile away that th- this is what was going to happen. Eventually this was going to catch up to him and now it has. Yeah. And probably the worst part for me looking back at some of these teams is you look at like the Rams and the Texans, you got teams that are struggling and they need pieces and they don't have any draft capital because they gave it all away for these picks. Um, another example, Chicago bears, um, they, Basically couldn't do much in free agency. They signed uh, Nick Foles. Hopefully they think he's going to be their quarterback of the future. I don't really know. I don't know that he's better than Mitch Trubisky. Um, they signed Robert Quinn, but they lost Ha Clinton Dix to the Cowboys. And they're sitting there with no draft picks. So uh, what do you think of the Bears? Uh, I mean, kind of the same situation. I think they gave up everything to win now. Um and now it's kind of caught up to him a little bit. And, and like Nick Foles, um, I, I mean, Nick Foles, I, I think is a phenomenal backup quarterback. I think he's a solid NFL starter. Um, but again, like you said, I know some people will probably laugh at us for saying that he's not clearly better than Mitch Trubisky, but I mean, really what Nick Foles has done in his career, he had the one great season with the Eagles where he had 27 touchdowns to two interceptions or something along those lines. Um, and won some games. And then he had that great playoff run, you know, into the se- regular season, uh, into the playoffs where they won the Super Bowl. So you take away, I mean, honestly, about a 20 game stretch in his career. Um, when he went to the Rams, he was terrible. Um, other areas he's gone to, or other teams he's gone and played for, hasn't really done much. He couldn't beat out Gardner Minshew in, in uh, Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew was a rookie, you know fifth round pick or sixth round pick or something last year. Um, I mean, he couldn't beat him out when he came back from injury. Um, they, I think they played him a couple games and then immediately put Gardner Minshew back in and now they've traded him. So, um, you know, for all that, that Nick Foles gets for all this, you know, legend stuff that people talk about and, and this kind of aura he's, you know, had built around him. He's not really a very productive NFL quarterback um, outside of about a 20 game stretch. Um, and and so, I mean, Mitch Trubisky, I think right now you're basically just giving up on your number two overall pick from a couple years ago or a few years ago. Um, he had a rough season this last year, but also, you know, look at the pieces around him. He didn't have a consistent running game. Uh, he doesn't have elite receivers or great receivers even, or, or to me, even good receivers around him. Uh, offensive line is, is okay. Um, and the defense put them in some bad situations last year. That defense, that vaunted Bears defense, definitely was not elite like it was the year before. Um, and and so I, I I think that's a bad trade. Honestly, the team's definitely in in kind of a bit of a nosedive, and and they really have no way to save themselves. Absolutely. Um, the other team I kind of wanted to talk about because I see them being the Dolphins of last year is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they traded away. Couple good players. Yannick Ngakwe is not wanting to come back and play for them. And I don't think, obviously, if you've been listening to the news and what he said about the Jaguars, he's going to play there. Uh, they traded AJ Bouye away. They traded uh, Jalen Ramsey away a couple years ago or last year. Uh, what do you think? Obviously, trading Nick Foles, not that he was their, their future. They're kind of putting all their chips in the Gardner Minshew basket. Um, there's trade talks out there right now for Leonard Fournette. What do you think they're going to be doing this year? Uh, I mean, they're, they're definitely, they're tanking for, I mean, I, I, 
you know, kind of that tank for Tua situation. This is a tank for Trevor Lawrence situation. Um, I believe, um, I mean, they, uh, one guy you didn't mention was Calais Campbell or Calais Campbell. Right. Um, but I mean, they're the, my issue is they're, they're not really getting anything back. I mean, they traded Nick Foles, you know, you're, you're trading this guy saying he's an NFL starting quarterback. And yet all you got out of him was a fourth round pick. Uh, you traded, uh, Campbell to the Ravens and you got, I think a fifth round pick, which, you know, Campbell's 33 years old. Um, so I understand he's older, but again, you only got a fifth round pick out of him. Um, AJ Boye to the Broncos. I think they got a fourth round pick. Uh, so there it's like, they're trading all this talent, but they're not really getting anything in return. Um, to be completely honest. And they're not really signing any talent. They're not bringing anyone in. I think I saw, a uh a text uh or a tweet a tweet earlier uh i think they released marquise lee today yeah uh, they did. yeah so now they they lost a receiver i think he was a number one receiver last year actually um number one or maybe number two but i mean he's still a solid receiver uh and so i mean again this is a a, a franchise with no direction and and not really a lot of capital to or not really not necessarily capital, but not a lot of desire to seem to want to get better. Um, they just seem to want to get cheaper. Uh, well, that's the thing that we kind of pointed out about the Dolphins. They did the same thing, but they also loaded up with draft picks, loaded up with cap space. Um, the way that the Jags have been doing it, they've got a lot of dead cap space because you talk about getting rid of Nick Foles. They're going to eat some of that. They're going to eat um, Marquise Lee stuff if they trade – Leonard Fournette, they're they're actually going the opposite direction where they're not going to have any players and they're not going to have any way to restock their team. The way yeah. the Dolphins did it correctly is they stockpiled. They can with just this draft alone, they can make up for everything that they lost. Plus, they had a hundred million in in cap space that they signed ten really good free agents with. So uh, the Dolphins are in rebuild mode to where it's almost done. They're almost done rebuilding. Uh, the Jags are going down that hole with no way to dig themselves back out. Yeah, and, and that's the the kind of, I mean, if you're a Jags fan, that'd be the frustrating thing. Again, the Dolphins, we talked about, they were they were releasing everyone, but they were also setting up to succeed within a year or two years. You know, it, it may not be this year, but it could be, you know, within two years, I think. Um, I think they're going to be a really, a really great team, honestly. Um, if, if, if even 60 70 percent of all this the their capital that they're spending in the draft picks if 60 percent of them turn out i think they're going to be in pretty good shape honestly um but yeah the jacks they're just they're not gaining it they're gaining mid-round draft picks and they're gaining dead money and and they're not gaining bodies they're 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 really doing i mean they're just getting rid of players to get rid of players um but not really getting anything back which is is pretty frustrating honestly so let's take a look to wrap this up here at a couple of quarterbacks who remain unsigned. We're days away from the NFL draft. Um, honestly, when we're looking at the mock draft, there's not a lot of teams that really need quarterbacks out there. We've got Jameis Winston and Cam Newton both sitting out there unsigned. Uh, do you see them getting signed here in the next few days, or is that going to be like a, a after the draft, if you miss on all your quarterback picks, you're going to pick one of these guys up? I think it's going to be after the draft, honestly. Uh I think people are going to see who they get in the draft, whether it be that developmental quarterback or they get that high first round draft pick um, or even low second round draft pick or high second round draft pick, sorry, um, at quarterback. So I think it's definitely 100% going to be after the draft. 
Um, but like you said, the market really isn't there. There's only there's only really a handful of spots that you could really go and compete. And you're talking about like a San Diego, um, a Jacksonville. Um, you could m- maybe Jameis Winston could go to or Cam Newton could go to Miami on like a one year prove it kind of deal. Um, while they're while they're draft whoever they draft at quarterback just kind of sits for a year, especially if it's Tua, it may be good to let Tua sit for a year. Um, just to kind of bulk up and get ready for the for the NFL. So him playing behind someone like a Cam Newton may be good. Um, but it's definitely gonna be after the draft pick, but it'll just more or less be interesting to see if either one of them can get a starting job um or even be given an opportunity to compete for a starting job. Yeah, and I think the craziest part to me is either the Patriots are going all in on a QB round one or they actually think Jared Stidham is going to be a good starter for him. I can't honestly believe I, I figured Jameis Winston would go there. I mean, it's very rare. If we all know Jameis Winston throws picks, but I think with the right coaching, he could actually be a good player if he can get his off-the-field issues controlled. He's only 26. 26 years old, threw 30 touchdowns. Granted, he threw 30 picks as well, but if you eliminate some of those interceptions – I think he could actually be a really serviceable starter in the NFL still. Um, I'm shocked that nobody's given him a shot yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I think if if Cam Newton is healthy, Cam Newton, you know, people forget in 2018 before he got hurt, um, he was actually playing at a higher level um, statistically and just, I mean, just every every way possible. He was playing better at that point just a year and a half ago than he was when he won the MVP in 2015. Uh, or 16, whenever that was, um, like he, I mean, he's just a year and a half away from that. Uh, and he's still, you know, Cam Newton's not an old, you know, he's not an old quarterback. It's not like signing Tom Brady or signing, uh, Drew Brees or anyone like that. I mean, he, you know, he's not an old quarterback. He's still in his early thirties. Um, James Winston, like you said, still a young quarterback. Um, both can still make plays. Um, James Winston, I think in the right situation, um, especially with a Belichick, uh, could definitely succeed um, and still give them some big play talent. Cam Newton, again, uh, if he's given the opportunity, I mean, he in a fair in a fair fight, he's going to beat whoever he's competing against. It doesn't matter who he's going against. Um, with a few situations, talent wise, he's going to be better than anyone he's competing for a starting job against. It's just a matter of whether the the team allows him to start, basically. Right, especially like with the Patriots situation, I don't see a Belichick and Cam Newton pairing working. Cam Newton's, you know, dressing up all flashy press conferences, pouting on the sidelines. I don't see Belichick wanting to work with somebody like that. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, he could go play for the Dolphins tomorrow and be a great location for him, and he could play for him. He could play for a lot of teams. It's just, I mean, San Diego makes almost too much sense. For him to go there and have a good quarterback with the good talent that they have, I don't think that they're good with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. So I think that they're, I think, he, I think there's a spot for both these guys. It's just curious to see whether it happens before or after the draft. Yeah, so I, and again, I think, I think it's definitely going to be after the draft. Um, but, uh, I, again, I, I think both guys are still starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, you know, forget, forget the interceptions. Just look, if you look at Jameis Winston, um, I believe he led the NFL in passing yards. He threw, you know, through 30 touchdowns. Yeah. He threw 30 interceptions. But again, even if you can get those intercept, if you get those types of passing yards and those types of passing touchdowns, if you just cut the interceptions in half, 
um, and, you know, still throw 15 a season, which is still a, a solid amount of interceptions, honestly. Um, but you're still getting a good performance quarterback. He can still make big plays. He can still uh, move the ball down the field, which a lot of teams are looking for. So, uh, But it's definitely, I think, again, it's going to be after the draft, though. Anything else standing out to you in this offseason so far? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still, I mean, looking at, we talked about the two quarterbacks, but looking at just some of the other free agents, honestly, there, there's still Jadavion Clowney's unsigned. Uh, Darquez Denard is still unsigned. Uh, Prince of Mukamara, uh, who has great starting experience in the league. He's unsigned. Uh, Damon Harrison from uh, Detroit's unsigned. There's Eli Apple, whatever happened with him and the Raiders that his contract fell through. Um, uh, Dre Kirkpatrick, uh, Devonte Freeman, you know, who I think as a backup running back could still be valuable. Um, I mean, there's still a lot of, to me, there's still a lot of good players out there that can make an impact and really help a team. Uh, even if you're looking for like one year deals, there's Jason Peters at offensive, you know, offensive tackle out there, um, or a Delaney Walker out there. Um, there's a lot of guys out there, whether they be short-term contracts or, or long-term that could, that could still make an impact, um, out there. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly some of these guys move after the draft is over. Um, once some of the, you know, once these teams plug their holes through the draft, um, I expect a lot of these guys to come off the board. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, honestly. Absolutely. It's been fun so far. Uh, I know everyone's been quarantined with the coronavirus and, and getting to watch this. It's going to be interesting to see how the draft goes on Thursday, uh, being completely remote. They lost the Vegas draft. Uh, that was going to be entertaining. It was going to be set up in the Bellagio fountains. They're going to boat draft picks out to the stage. Obviously with what's going on, it's all going to be remote. Um, I heard uh, they were doing testing today and had nothing but technical difficulties, so it ought to be lovely on Thursday to see how it all goes. Um, but up next, we have the mock draft episode. I'm pretty excited about it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I we uh, we actually did our mock draft earlier today, so um, I think we have we have a few surprises in there, and uh, you know, we had a few people probably go a little higher than some estimates say, and we have a few people slide down the board a little bit um for some various reasons honestly so uh i think it's gonna be interesting all right guys stay tuned <laughs>